As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Putting a snoozer of a trade deadline day behind us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, good morning, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Wednesday, November 4th. I am Michael Beller, joined as always by Derek Van Riper. Week 9 getting underway on Thursday with the Packers and the 49ers, and we're here to spin things ahead to Week 9. Derek, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I was looking forward to a busier trade deadline, especially as someone who roots Oof. for the Packers, but... Yikes. Um, another year and uh, another Stan Pat move. So let's see how this one works for them, Cotton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bold move for sure. Um, one of those small running back trades, however, seemed a little fishy at the time, Derek. It was the Dolphins acquiring DeAndre Washington from the Kansas City Chiefs. And you look at the Dolphins and you know, Miles Gaskin, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, a lot of guys already in that running back room, and it seemed like not all of them could fit. Why would they go out and trade for DeAndre Washington? Well, about half an hour after we learned of the trade, we learned of why Miles Gaskin has a sprained MCL, so he is going to miss at least the next three games for the Dolphins, so that explains the trade. Um, Matt Breida, uh, is probably the next man up there. Jordan Howard potentially gets more involved. How do you look at this Dolphins running back room with Gaskin out for the next three weeks? Yeah, Breida definitely makes sense. I wonder if, if Patrick Laird's ankle is no longer an issue, You know, if he has a, a role for them going forward. But I would say of the season-long options I would go think about picking up, it's Matt Breida hands down. He's the best option. He can actually catch a few passes as well. He is the back most likely to replicate the role that Miles Gaskin has been filling for this team for most of the season. Agree 100%. So if you are in a league that processes waivers on Wednesday, Matt Breida, probably the top guy who is available this week. Uh, if you're in a league that processes them on Tuesday and Matt Breida somehow is still sitting out there, uh, go ahead, pause this episode, go get him, and then come back and hit play. Okay, you're back. All right, good. Well, then let's talk about this Thursday night game coming up between the Packers and the 49ers, and let's focus on the Packers. The team is now officially pessimistic about 
Aaron Jones and whether he'll be able to return from that calf injury for this game. We already knew A.J. Dillon was out, and Jamal Williams also ruled out just because of being a close contact to A.J. Dillon, who has tested positive for COVID-19. Not enough time for him to get the necessary number of positive tests to be able to suit up for a Thursday night game. So he, too, will be out. Let's pretend we're living in a world on Thursday night, Derek, which we very well could be, in which Aaron Jones is out as well. We're looking at Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin as the next men up for the Packers in the backfield. Would you have any interest in either of those guys in fantasy leagues? It's tricky because what we see from Irvin is a lot of pre-snap motions. You'll see him coming through on like a jet sweep and he'll end up getting a carry or two on plays like that, but you don't really see him just getting the ball on simple handoffs out of the backfield. Dexter Williams has been buried in the practice squad. I think there are major issues for him in pass protection, so I have no idea what the Packers are going to do usage-wise if Aaron Jones can't go. So the Packers being pessimistic about Jones for Thursday is actually worse news than their decision to stand pat at the trade deadline because I don't know how they're going to get through that game. Now, who knows? Maybe we still get that game pushed back and rescheduled a little bit because Mm -hmm. of the situation going on. Uh, with COVID, of course, with this team, but I don't think you can rely on that at this point. And if I'm looking to throw one of those guys into my lineup, I think it's Irvin only because he's been on the roster all season. And that's you know not a lot of confidence behind that endorsement whatsoever. Yeah, I would go the other way, and it's because of what you said. It feels like Dexter Williams would be the guy who would fill the lead rusher role for this team if Aaron Jones is also out. But the fact that we're split, the fact that neither of us feels strongly should lead you to a place where you're probably going to want to look elsewhere. We understand that uh, with the buys that we have this week, four more teams on buy with all the injuries at the running back position, this is not necessarily going to be a spot where people are able to just uh, look away, turn away from someone who it's expected to lead his backfield, but I think you're going to want to try to find almost anywhere else before you fall back on Tyler Irvin or Dexter Williams. So looking like an ugly situation, let's just cross our fingers, hope the Packers can take this uh, decision out of our hands and get the superstar Aaron Jones back on the field for this game. On the other side, Tevin Coleman is officially out. This was something that we expected to be the case, but the 49ers were uh, you know, holding out a slim measure of hope uh, on Monday and Tuesday, but officially to- Tevin Coleman will be out, so Jamichael Hasty, Jarek McKinnon uh, will handle the backfield duties for the 49ers. We already dove into those two guys on Tuesday's episode, so no reason to rehash that discussion. Jordan Reed was uh, listed as a limited participant on the 49ers practice estimation from Tuesday. Uh, if he is able to return from his injury, get activated off IR, he steps right into that spot, that starting spot for George Kittle. And I know this is something we talked about on Tuesday also, Derek, but I think this one bears a little bit of repeating. Uh, for me, Jordan Reed, with the state of the tight end position, unless you've got Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, he's on a bye this week. But guys like that, I think Jordan Reed is a pretty easy guy to step in and throw into your lineup. Like, I think you could start um, uh, Jordan Reed over Jonu Smith, someone like that, for example. You're going to play Mark Andrews over him, but Mark Andrews really hasn't given you anything. Basically, I'm saying that Jordan Reed is an answer for a lot of people this week, assuming he's able to play. Yeah, in the event he doesn't go, Ross Dwelly, I think, becomes pretty interesting, as our friend Jake Seeley wrote in his waiver column this week. So this is a situation worth monitoring, and I think Dwelly might be a better option than the field at tight end in a lot of Mm -hmm. situations as well. So keep a very close eye on the news on Wednesday, as that might give us some 
insight as to how San Francisco is going to handle this. He said it on yesterday's show. This is the most injured team in the league, and it's not even close right now. It's everybody. It's all position groups on both sides of the ball for San Francisco. They just cannot catch a break this season. That's another thing to keep in mind when you're looking at these tight ends too. If um if Debo Samuel or with Debo Samuel out, you've got Brandon Ayuk, and then whoever the tight end is is going to be the number two guy in the passing game. So definitely something to keep an eye on as we get a Wednesday practice report from the 49ers. Antonio Brown activated for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, He will suit up in Week 9, a huge game against the Saints, a big game in the NFC South. This one could determine who ends up winning the NFC South, especially with the Saints already having a game in hand go all the way back to the start of the season. Saints with a win over the Buccaneers. Antonio Brown will be active, but he's expected to have a limited role. Chris Godwin could return. Bruce Arians right now saying that's maybe a little bit optimistic to think Godwin will be back for this game, but he is in the cards. He's potentially out there for the Buccaneers. So let's say you're someone who scooped Antonio Brown, Derek. Are you trotting him out there? Like, What sort of situation would you have to be in to play Antonio Brown this week? If you get a couple bye weeks or an injury in a bye week you're dealing with, I think you could justify Antonio Brown on a limited snap count. I mean, I think because this was a big push from Tom Brady, you get the sense that Brown's going to get the ball, even in a limited role, right? Even if it's four or five targets instead of seven or eight, he's going to be featured enough to be viable as like a flex or a wide receiver three. I think the other question here is I think about this offense. Once Godwin is healthy mm-hmm. and once Brown is up to speed completely, what do you do with Mike Evans? I mean, just yeah. with Godwin healthy this season, his target shares have dropped considerably in those games compared to the handful of games that Godwin hasn't played. There's a big difference in usage for him. And Mike Evans is a really good player, but if you have Godwin plus Brown plus other depth guys that will still get a handful of targets and a tight end who Brady trusts and Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. you do have to wonder if Mike Evans is no longer a lock to be in lineups, which is something I frankly never thought I'd say until Mike Evans was 34 years old and on his <laughs> way out of the league. Like, I just thought he was the kind of player that we'd lock into fantasy lineups almost indefinitely. As long as he was healthy enough to play, I figured Mike Evans would be a no-brainer. Not in lineups is a bit of a stretch for me, but I do think with all of these guys, you're going to have to steal yourself for some nothing weeks, for some four for 40 sorts of weeks, uh, just because as good as all these guys are and as good as Tom Brady is and as up-tempo as this offense can be, there just aren't enough passes. There aren't enough plays run in a game to support Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski and a running game that isn't just suddenly going away, even if it is the clear secondary piece in this offense. So I do think you have to be ready for that. You look at the game in Week 8 against the Giants, Mike Evans, even in that game, without Chris Godwin, obviously Antonio Brown not yet on the active roster, just seven targets, caught five of them for 55 yards, did get in the end zone, but he needed that end zone trip to really give you a meaningful fantasy game, and that's been true for him a lot this season. He does have a couple hundred-yard games, but you take those two out of the equation, his other games by yards, two. 2, 41, 10, 37, 55. Not something we're used to seeing from Mike Evans. Really quick before we move on, I talked about this with Chris Vaccaro on Tuesday's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Want to get your take on it as well. Rest of season, going forward, how do you rank the three Buccaneers receivers? Uh, Godwin won. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to narrowly say Brown over Evans <sighs> in 
I, 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 again, not a lot of confidence behind that, but it's just sort of reading into the usage. Jaden Mickens had a larger share of the targets yeah. in week eight than Mike Evans. And that was without Godwin and without Brown. Like something is a little bit off with Brady and Evans or Evans and Arians. I don't know what it is, but I, Antonio Brown over Mike Evans the rest of the way. I, I hate to say that, but I, I think that's where we're headed. I think Godwin, too, is the number one. That's my safest bet of the three, and that assumes that he, if he does miss Week 9, that he's back in Week 10. That Week 9 is the only game that he does miss uh, going forward. I would have him as the number one guy there. And then I would go Evans over Brown, but very close with those two. And reasonable minds can differ. I think you can really look at these three in any order, and uh, that could be the way this plays out. Tom Brady is the safest bet in the Tampa Bay offense. The rest of it, mix and match. I think they're going to put up a lot of points but you might have to take some disappointments no matter who else you are invested in in that Tampa Bay offense. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Derek, it was just about 24 hours ago that we were talking about Andy Dalton getting back on the field for the Dallas Cowboys after getting out of concussion protocol. But Dalton goes from concussion protocol right to the COVID-19 list. He is out. This is a game that the Cowboys are playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben DiNucci could get a start, or maybe Cooper Rush gets his first start for the Dallas Cowboys. This just feels like a complete disaster for everyone else involved, and that's really what we're here to talk about. I mean, you're going to play Ezekiel Elliott. You're probably going to play Amari Cooper, but you can't feel too good about either of them, and I think Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, those guys all have to be on benches unless you are desperate at those positions. I'm strongly considering sitting all of the non-Zeke options yeah, in the offense. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, mean, I, I think you could, you could look at somebody, geez, I mean, I'm thinking like a Jacoby Meyer, someone who's emerged to be a slot receiver in an offense, I think might be more appealing than Cooper, given the instability at quarterback in Dallas right now. I can't believe we've reached this point. But Danucci versus Cooper Rush, I kind of shrugged my shoulder. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't, doesn't matter at this point. Against a Pittsburgh defense also, right? I, I mean, it's uh, just like like as, as though they needed to have maybe the worst matchup possible for for an offense to make this even worse than it is. And I think, you know, I think that's something that uh, is fair, that you would even sit Amari Cooper. You have to play Zeke, but – his ceiling is way down, and we've talked about this already. I think you basically are knocking a level off of each of those guys, right? So Zeke was an RB1. He's an RB2. Amari Cooper was a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three. CeeDee Lamb had played his way into the wide receiver two class. He's a wide receiver three or a flex. Michael Gallup, probably on your bench, unless he's just being a bi-weaker injury fill-in. And, you know, it feels as though it would have been impossible for us 
to be underselling just how important Dak Prescott was to that team before his injury, and then he got injured, and we saw what that team instantly became without him. Uh, Dak Prescott, whatever the contract is, whatever he gets from whoever he gets it, he will be worth every single penny. We have seen what has happened to that Dallas offense. They They were not a good team, but they were a great offense, and they have totally fallen apart without Dak Prescott. So someone's going to pay him, and whoever it is is going to be happy about it. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. If you are not yet a subscriber, really quick, want to add this in. If you're not yet a subscriber, you can get yourself a subscription for $1 a week. Go to theathletic.com slash footballin15 to do so. We will be back with you tomorrow to officially kick off week nine, we hope, with the Packers and the 49ers. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.